Hey, Foxy Lady, how are you this fine morning? Hello, Foxy Lady, I love this. Yeah. Ooh, my little vixen over here. <laughs> I will happily take that. Thank you. I'm wonderful. I'm obviously better now that I've seen your beautiful face. Likewise. Brightens my morning, makes my day every time I see you. Likewise. How was your week? It was good. It was interesting. I didn't really do anything too crazy. I accidentally poisoned myself with one of what my the house fuck? plants. So <gasps> there's that. Yeah. Yeah. You should know about the plants that you have in your home. And I conveniently forgot that if you cut it, it releases these things called raphides, which are calcium oxalate crystals, which basically are like little mini micro needles. <gasps> so I forgot that this plant did that. I'm like cutting off a bunch of leaves. I'm like trimming all this dead plant material. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, my hands feel kind of tingly. Uh-uh. And then I'm like, oh shit. I just remembered that this plant has like a defense mechanism where it attacks you if you cut any leaves off or eat it or anything. Girl. So yes, my entire hands were like covered with little mini microscopic needles basically. And like all you can do is just like, wash your hands just like nonstop. Aggressively irrigate them was the technical the, remedy. The yes. WebMD situation. Oh yes. my God. Yeah. So I like accidentally poisoned myself this week because nailing it. 2022. Hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl. Um, that's horrifying. I and know. also another reason why I don't want to be a mother of any sort. Plant there you go. or human. I mean, I can't really blame you on that. I... The worst part is I knew it. I did. In the back of my mind, I had this information and I just, I totally blanked. And like yep. literally like 20 minutes into cleaning this plan, I was like, I fucked up. I fucked up real bad. It's somewhat apropos that your news of the week is that you poisoned yourself with a plant because my news of the week is that I went to go see Little Shop of Horrors, which is yes! about a plant <laughs> yes! people. Oh my God. How was that? <laughs> it was great. It's it's wonderful. They uh, I'd never seen it in a smaller theater. I've only uh, ever seen it when it ran on Broadway like 18 years ago, something like that. And I love the show. And it's one of those things that if you're only familiar with the Frank Oz film, which is fucking excellent. Oh, it's amazing. The thing is, the first time I saw Little Shop of Horrors in the theater, I was only familiar with the Frank Oz film. And the ending is radically different in the stage play. Oh. Radically different. And they had filmed the original ending. And let me tell you, it's bleak. It's a very bleak ending. It's theater, you know. And they had filmed <laughs> the original ending. And so then really the test that. audiences watched it and they're like, what the fuck? Like, so then they had like to this. <laughs> they had to completely redo the ending for the movie because people are fucking soft. Yes, but, correct. Um, <laughs> so I remember in college going to see it. It was like, right, I just moved to New York for college. And I had seen the pre-Broadway run in Miami. Of all places, it ran in Miami. The It was, really? this was like 2003. It like Weird. That's so random. It's so fucking random. And I loved it. And then it was a thing where they like fired everyone from the show and like completely redid the show and then put it on Broadway. That the only people who, it was basically like, the guy who played Seymour, Hunter Foster, was the only person who was the same in like the pre-Broadway run and Broadway run, but that's how it goes. 
So I remember watching it for the first time and like it gets to a point and uh, it's all almost it's very, very similar in the movie. And there's a line where it's like, okay, that's and because I'm someone who like inadvertently memorizes movies, Seymour says a line and I know what the line is. And then Audrey says something completely different. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? And then it's like a completely different ending. I'm like, what? Wait, what? (laughs) So now it's very fun to go see the show and be aware that there's people in the audience that have no No idea idea. what the actual ending is. Yeah, that's Uh, hysterical. But it was great. It was a great production. Uh, It was a lot of fun. It was in in a small theater, which is, uh, it's really fun because you have this huge Jim Henson puppet. Yeah, I was going to say, and you're like, I'm sure right right yeah so basically so yeah so it it like does feel very um menacing and encroaching on the audience i love uh, that i'm sure it's like very intimate and immediate too yeah very yeah yeah it was a lot of fun it's that's a great show awesome uh fun fact i somehow through my entire childhood missed little shop of horrors and i did not see it until like literally last year it's so good. My friend was like, you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors. Like, I cannot believe this. You would absolutely love this. And I was like, I don't like musicals. And she was like, I swear no, so you good. will love this. And she put it on and so I was good. immediately hooked. And I was like, you're totally right. I loved it. It's yeah. so good. Also, Rick Moranis, Bay. Ah. Uh, sploosh? Uh, kind oh, of sploosh. sploosh. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, he totally. can get it. He can get it. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. And I I'm absolutely love it. It's such an amazing movie. But, yeah, I actually had, like, completely missed out on it and literally, like, didn't know the wonders of Little Shop of Horrors mm-hmm. until literally, like, this year. Yeah. If, uh, if you are curious, you can find the original ending of the movie online. I am a little curious because yeah. I do love a dark ending. Honestly, like, some of yeah. my favorite movies are, like, not yeah. typical Hollywood endings. And they're my favorite because of that. Because I'm like, yeah. Life is sad. Sometimes shit doesn't work out. Sorry. Yeah. It's Sometimes real, everyone it's dies in the ominous. end. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> everyone dies in the end. Sorry. Spoiler. Everyone always dies in the end because there's no other option. Correct, <laughs> like, Monique. Just... You're not escaping that. Yes. You're not escaping it. You're just cutting the movie. You're ending the movie before that inevitably happens, but it happens to all of us. Unless it's Interview with a Vampire or some shit, obviously. Yeah. Girl, I know. Anne Rice, RIP. I know that happened a while ago, but still. Yeah. We'll never get over you know. it, Monique. Yeah. She was the OG of the vampire homoeroticism. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Girl. Yes, please. Yeah. I remember in high school, one of my English classes, they didn't assign us books. They were like, read whatever the fuck you want and <gasps> write a book report. I'm like, great. So the homoeroticism of Interview with a Vampire was definitely fuck yeah. one of my, my go-tos. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, all of them were like true crime, like not true crime, but like uh, like noir movies. Yeah, like like the PI and the sex workers. I mean, yeah. And I'm there like Catholic high school being like, and then this shit happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like we're repressed. It's Catholic. We want to be titillated. Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, that makes sense to me. I like, I'm all about this. Fuck yes. For you sure. You know, the nuns yeah. were secretly into it. There actually weren't any nuns in my school. It was just brothers and priests and, and regular people. I guess that's better. In, in grade school, 
in grade school, I had I had a few. It was a lot of ex nuns in my grade school, but they were all bitches. Let me fucking tell you. Holy so shit. So I've heard. My mother has uh-huh. told me. Yeah. 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 They were all really unpleasant. I mean, they're not getting fucked and they, they're. I mean, yeah. I get it. Let me <laughs> I'm tell you. I'm cranky when I don't get laid either. So yeah, I Girl, get it. A, a good deep dicking or whatever your, your preference is puts a pep in your step. Let me fucking tell you. Girl. Amen. You know. Hand to God. There you go. <laughs> Unless the Holy Spirit's fucking dicking her down every night. I don't think she's. <laughs> I don't think so. No. I know that they're technically brides of Christ, quote unquote, but eh. I don't know if he's. Uh, that doesn't seem fulfilling. Of... Yeah, no, he's definitely no. not. He's no, definitely not. I don't think so. Uh, blasphemy aside. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. Thanks so much for all of the. Um, the lovely feedback from our last episode. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the spectrophilia insanity. Uh, it was a lot of fun to yes. do. And, and turns out that orgasming in your sleep, we've heard feedback, is pretty normal. And as per usual, I am the one who deviates You're the odd man from out. the norm. Sorry, Ronnie. I'm always the odd man out. Always. Sorry, Ronnie. Fuck, man. Now I just... I, well, <laughs> I'm trying to... There's too many thoughts happening. I know, right? Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, you know, I would that wouldn't be a terrible way to wake up. Be like, oh, great. That hasn't happened to me. And then I had a friend of mine also be like that she'd be down to try to fuck a ghost, but she's afraid that her then it's just gonna stay around. She's gonna have a haunted <gasps> house. And I'm like, Yeah, you know, I feel the same way. Monique. I don't know. Facts. The fact that I was like, wait, I can't, like, draw a salt circle anywhere in my apartment, really, without just, like, yeah. laying on my floor. Also, I like, was like, I I was going to – okay. So I was like, I'm going to do it in the bathtub because then I can put, like, a salt <laughs> rim around the outside, like, yeah. margarita style. I'll be like, if my bathroom gets haunted, like, that sucks, but, like, I'll deal with it. But then I realized there wasn't a full lip around my whole bathtub, so yeah. I couldn't do it. So I didn't – officially try to have sex with a ghost i didn't try to have sex with a ghost either i i did recently come across apparently there are hotels that you can rent for like half the day to get boned by a ghost like a love ghost hotel or like a real person if you're having an affair you could also do that (laughs) well yeah like love hotels or like yeah well no 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 these no 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 these aren't love hotels these are like hourly regular like a w hotel oh but you can rent it like rent it oh my god you can stay in it from like 10 to 4 that's pretty cool and then and, and you pay off. like yeah. a, a third of the price so you could do that for like photo shoots and shit and whatever okay. um, like i did recently but then i was like hmm, maybe i should do one of these to try to fuck a ghost there you go that's smart so then if the hotel's haunted it's not my bad that's on them they gotta deal with that that's, that's on their them. problem girl did i think the same thing i'm like <laughs> do i believe this no do i also not want to take any chances yes Cause like Correct. I don't yeah I like my sleep I don't want to be haunted girl you can haunt my shower like it would suck it wouldn't be great but like I'll deal with it see I don't know like I am so I and I don't even think it's psycho that did it but there's a thing like the when mirrors? I'm in a place that ha- it's not even the mirrors it's the fucking if there's a a shower curtain that's not see- it's just a shower curtain situation is a fucking problem for me. A door is great. I also understand that that's like fancy and privilege and all the shit. Totally. But like a shower curtain is really problematic for me because I don't believe that there isn't another person on the other side just ready to <laughs> rip that motherfucker open and at minimum see me naked, which is like horrifying. 
Uh, yeah, I'm already gonna... passed. No. Already stuff of nightmares. Two, like, are going to murder you. And, like, what do you have? A shampoo to, like, defend yourself? You're fucked. Like, so fucked. No. Yeah. Or that, like, thing, the little, the, like, like vibrator oh. thing I put on my face <laughs> to, like, throw, throw them the, my face cleaner. No. Uh, I have a very aggressive exfoliator. I think I can do some damage. Just, like, mm. really, like, take the first layer of skin off. Mm. Yeah. Can you scrub someone to death? I don't think so, but I'll try. See how I don't it know, goes. but, you know, maybe they murder you and then you also got out all their black heads. <laughs> you know, their pores are radiant. He was like, I murdered her, but my, she made my skin look amazing. I'm glowing. Yeah. yeah. It's like a baby's bottom. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with us, Monique, actually? So much. Okay. You know what? Also, let's talk about that for a second. Um, <laughs> I don't... have the time. Real time. <laughs> I, you know... I don't really realize how weird what we do and what we talk about is until there's people who are like not in this circle and then you say something to them and then you you experience the reaction and you're like, oh yeah, this kind of fucked up. You right. watch mm-hmm. their face of just like yeah. the what is wrong with you look and you're like, oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. They'll like, uh, I had someone texting me you know, oh, uh, the day we recorded last week, I'm like, oh, how's your day? And, you know, I was like, oh, it's good. You know, I was recording the latest episode and we did on Spectrophilia. So, you know, we had a grand old time. And then they're like, uh, so I just looked that up and what the fuck? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. not normal. No, no. But I love it. Totally. Nor- Normal's overrated. Fuck it. What is normal? You know what? It's that, you know that what? Uh, Adam's family yeah. quote. Right, that it's like a normal's an illusion. What is normal to the spider is chaos to the fly. Facts. Fuck yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got to have an impromptu sleepover. We sure did. After also our known as Monique got had too many gimlets and didn't want to go home. That's how. That's what that. <laughs> that also <laughs> translated to. Uh, did Amy pour some really heavy gimlets for Monique? She and sure got did. Real drunk. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I mean, when I saw the bottle, I was like, okay, I like drank two thirds of this bottle by myself. Okay. I think Johnny did take a few, so it was not all you. I hope so. But fantastic. Yes. If that comforts you in any way, shape, or form, it does. Uh, It was my favorite because the shoe has literally never been on the other foot. I am always the junkie (laughs) pants one, and Monique is always like babysitting me and making sure I get home. So, like, for the once, the shoe was on the other foot, and Monique got on junkie (laughs) pants, and I got to put her to bed. It was amazing. I had so much fun. We watched Succession. It was great. We did, yeah. I started rewatching it again. You have to. It's Ugh, so amazing. It's so good. Like once you watch it's it all so the way good. through and you like go back, you just uh, you see so many yeah. other things and you just yeah. it's great. I love it. Yeah, and I just uh and you just don't really remember things cuz yeah. it's from years ago. God, it's- Shiv is so terrible she's the time. such a bitch she's so she's mean so terrible him. and you see even though he's like a fucking doofus who's insecure he's like he's so he doesn't deserve that and he's so nice to her honestly like he I know. just he tries so hard and he really does seem to love her so much and I she's know. just i know going back to i was like i really forgot how cold and awful she is to him yeah it like breaks my heart for him a little bit poor tom i know i know uh tom that's so good watch succession guys yeah it's really fucking good. It's amazing. So is that it? Yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, I do want to give you props 
for being, again, my psychic sister, because mm. you gave me a teacup that said, you have been poisoned. And then literally, <laughs> literally the next day poisoned myself with my houseplant. So like, Monique. Well, I didn't want you to get poisoned. No, but you knew it was going to happen somehow. I guess so. I'm just saying, like, the evidence is adding up, literally. When my my grandmother, my dad's uh, mother died, uh, she died on Christmas Eve, and the gift I had decided to give my dad that Christmas was a picture of him and his mother and, there's, and his, his siblings in Cuba. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of a little on the nose. Didn't expect this to be a thing. You have a gift, Monique. You need to treat it carefully. See, but it's not an on-demand gift. That's the bummer. No. It's like it's, it's like a roll of the how dice. How can I make this moment as uncomfortable as possible? That's how it can show up. That's it. What's the most inopportune way to use this? That's when it's like, hey, girl, your dad says hi. Did you call? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, bitch, I didn't. Thank you. I didn't. No, no. Uh-uh. But um, so I guess uh, one of the gifts I don't have is math. Uh, because uh, we got wrapped up in our own shit and didn't know how to count. So this is the True Listener Tales episode of another fucking horror podcast, by the way. This is Monique Sanchez. I'm Amy Traden. And it is. So True Listener it Tales. Is. Yes. True Listener Tales, which we fucking love. And it's usually our sixth episode, every sixth episode. But this time it's the seventh because maths is not it's, our fort. Yes. Also, we took that week off and then we got all yeah. discombobulated. Everything's and, chaos. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Everything is chaos. Yeah. But we got some good shit, and I'm super excited about it. I'm so. super excited about it. And Monique yeah, tells girl. me I get to go first today. Yeah, baby. Bam. Uh, all right. Here we go. Let's kick it off. Let's go. So this one starts, hi, babes, with like three exclamation points. So like, yeah, sorry, four exclamation points. So it's very enthusiastic. Love it. I love an exclamation point. Girl. I know. All my emails are like screaming at people because I'm just so enthused all the time. Same. Like (laughs) I, there was a a conversation I had with people at my bar semi-recently where we really went into a whole thing about the Oxford comma uh, and no one told me to fuck myself, which was great. Uh, It's not what I'm accustomed to when having a conversation about the Oxford comma, which why should you have a conversation about the Oxford comma? It should be like a thing, but whatever, neither here nor there. totally have had a similar conversation, so I'm totally on board with this. Yes. Of course, correct. because we're fingers in the eyes, correct. always. But it was the whole, like, what punctuation would you be? And I'm like, exclamation point, always. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. Hi. Hello. I'm here. Yes. Hi. You're welcome. <laughs> I make everything better and more exciting. Correct. Literally facts. Yes. I mean, there's really no other option for a punctuation mark to be exclamation point. Yes. Yeah. For the win. What are you going to be, a period? Facts. Ugh. Get out of here. I mean, some people were like umlauts, and I'm like, all right, fine. I'm not going to lie. I thought that, but I was like, is of that? Of course you did. Yeah. Is that really a punctuation mark? It's more of a, like a- Pronunciation. Pronunciation, right? accent mark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, accent mark. Yeah, I would think. Because like the Enya is an accent. Yeah. A little squiggle on the end, Spanish. Yeah, but that's not a punctuation mark. I don't think so. No. I think people are just trying to be individuals, and I'm like, you live your dreams. Man. Right. Yeah, we're all very impressed that you know the word umlaut. Claps for you. (laughs) Exactly. Congratulations. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Back to the story. Yeah. Hi, babes. Four exclamation points. I've been bummed I don't have much of a paranormal story to share. You know I'd be all over it and need to discuss it with you. 
But turns out I've got something. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. So I guess this isn't a listener tale, but more so a listener contribution. I was totally surprised by and interested in Amy's story about blood transfusions. Fuck yes. Because I mm. myself have had three blood transfusions back Fuck! to back to back. Damn. Fuck. So all in one go for one reason. In mm. 2015, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which was Damn. pretty severe at the time. About a month and a half after diagnosis, I suffered a severe intestinal bleed that put me Fuck. in the NICU for about four days. Holy Fuck. shit. I was 17 at the time. Within the first however many hours, I received three blood transfusions. I realized it's not something I talk about often, and listening to the episode reminded me that that was definitely a wild thing that happened to me. Thankfully, I survived, of course, and six years later, I've actually achieved remission with my Crohn's. Fuck yeah. Amazing. I'm chilling. So thank fuck for blood transfusions and that no one listened to that fucker who thought it would turn us into cannibals. So (laughs) thanks for the story, Amy. It reminded me I'm strong as fuck and will never go quietly into that good night. Yes. Love you both so much. Obsessed. Uh, talk soon. Ange! Ange! Mrs. Kendall Roy, Mm. please, or Shiv, or Greg, all of them. Uh, fuck. Correct, Ange. Girl. Angie! Oh my god. Love you so much. Love you so much. That's so crazy. I'm so happy you're better and in remission and fuck yeah. Kick that fucking Crohn's disease ass. Yeah, Angie and I uh, talked a bit when she was like, Oh, like, I want to, like, fuck everyone in succession. I'm like, oh. cool. Okay. So she's like, everyone except Logan. I'm like, great. Yes. So I feel I less mean, alone. Okay, good. Yeah. That's, I'm not, like, actually that into Kendall personally, but I get it. Otherwise, everyone else pretty much. I get it. He's, like, a or like Connor. bird. Yeah. No, I can't. No, it's it's it would be, like, a Greg, a Greg Roman situation very specifically Sandwich? for me. Cool. Oh, cool, shit. Cool, cool, <laughs> Yeah, throw that out there. You do what you want, Moni. Talk about Cheer- a salty and a sweet. Cheer- I love that so much. <laughs> That's great. Those are the best snacks, Moni. Everyone, yeah. Girl. Who doesn't love a chocolate I mean, and if anyone knows. I know. You with the, uh, Got the, the sour, girl. sour patch kids. Oh, yeah, that too. Ange, thanks so much for that. Angie, thank you. You're amazing, I'm as fucking usual. obsessed with you. Oh, my God. Obviously. I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. It was built in the 1800s before becoming a school in 1905. There were many stories that circulated, but it was definitely haunted. Oof. Oof. Pass. One of the main ways to get- <laughs> Can I yeah. be expelled, please? Hard Thank fucking you. pass. Cool. Hard fucking pass. One of the main ways to get between buildings was underground in the catacombs. Get the fuck out of I'm here. I'm sorry. Absolutely fucking not. What? Absolutely fucking not. Is no, this Hogwarts? You. Get out of here. Why are there no, catacombs? catacombs- and children should not be a No! <laughs> Correct, Moni. Absolutely not. Hot take. Yeah. No. I need that on something. A plaque, a shirt, mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And it was rumored that nuns were buried inside the walls. <gasps> this is all a fucking I was just going to say, are there skeletons me. down there? Like, what? No. That's what fucking catacombs are. No. Pass. Can well, you imagine, I assume like, they would have, like, taken the bodies out, but apparently not. They don't give a no, fuck. They're just like, if not, yeah. they're not catacombs. That's, I guess, true. It's just, you're just like... In the what is that if it's not catacombs? Uh, h- fucking hallway. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Tunnel. This tunnel was creepy without that added aspect. Yeah, I fucking bet. There were a few locked doors that we didn't know where they led because, of course, we tried to open them. One day between classes, we were walking through the catacombs. The lights begin to flicker, 
and then goes completely dark with the door opening and then being slammed shut. Oh my God. That just gave me all of the chills in the world. Oh my God. Absolutely not. Uh, I would not go to class for the rest of the year. I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, hi. No, thank you. I'm traumatized. Clearly chaos ensued with tons of screaming teenage girls freaking out. Yeah, no shit. Yes. It stayed dark for what felt like forever, but probably a minute. But in that time, something was off. A chill was felt by those underground. For my remaining years, I tried to avoid the catacombs. Renee. Girl. (gasps) The fact that this is not like, it's just like, okay, we have catacombs, so we like don't ever go into them. And they're like, you have to walk through them to get to classes. Get the fuck out of here. No fucking thank you. Somebody redesign this fucking school, please. Also, just like close the fucking catacombs. Yes. Correct, Monique. Like barricade them. Like, just, or be like, this well, is not a place for children. Thank you. Don't go to the catacombs. The, the West Wing is off limits. Whatever the fucking no. thing is. No. The like cemetery in the walls <laughs> on your way to like AP Bio <laughs> is off limits. How about that? Hot take. It's like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have to walk by a dead nun to go to class, to go to fucking biology. Thanks. And here's the thing. If it's catacombs, there's a fuck, a fuck ton of them in there. Yes. No, thank you. It's not just one. Yeah. I mean, I've been to catacombs before. Ooh. Because I'm like, yeah. Where? Dude, I couldn't even fucking tell you. Probably okay. Europe. Um, and, and like places where, uh, uh, a lot of places where, where it's like cities built on top of cities. Yeah. That type of vibe. But that was like, it wasn't on my way to anywhere. It was just like, you want to go to this place very specifically? It's like, yeah, sure. You're going on, you're a tour of the catacombs. Like, that's the thing you're doing. I'm not, I don't have to walk through the catacombs on the way to this, like, nice, quaint coffee shop. No. Yeah. Who would go right. to that coffee shop? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. And there's just something about, like, because I'm, I'm very into cemeteries, and I think I think some of them are very beautiful. And yeah, I think totally. Interesting and interesting. But, like, being underground. Ooh, yeah. And then there's just, all the walls are just filled with dead bodies. Like, there, there's, I think the Parisian catacombs are, like, basically the entire length of the city. Yeah. And I remember there was a story, like, because there's places that are, like, cornered off that it's like, don't go past here. And then, of course, there are people who are like, that doesn't apply to me. And because you can get lost. Yeah. No shit. And, like, you're underground, so it's not like there's, like, cell service and shit. And definitely there have been people who have been found dead because <gasps> they, like, wandered off and then got lost and, like, couldn't find their way back. That's so scary. Like the nightmare of That's life. So sc- I don't want to be like, you deserve it, because I would, I'm not victim blaming, but, like, I can't even imagine the horror of that. But, like, also, you shouldn't just go wandering around in catacombs. Like, Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Correct. Hello, TLC. Thank you. They told us in the 90s. Yes. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> Get out of there. What the fuck? <laughs> Renee, holy shit. Um, I would be traumatized for the rest of my fucking life. Uh, same. And you're a fucking badass that you just like, we're like, eh, catacombs to sure, class. I'm just not going to go there anymore. Yeah. It's cool. fine. I went to Catholic high school and we did not have any of this shit. No. No, thank you. We also didn't have catacombs. So. I mean, in Miami, that's not going to happen. Yes, facts. There, that is you true. You can't put anything, true. yeah, in the ground. Yeah. Like a three feet of water or something. Yeah, like and you'd be more likely, so. unless you were like going to class in like a mausoleum or something. I don't think, yeah. You're right. You're not going to be around bodies particularly. 
Definitely not. Not a tunnel of bodies, for sure. No. And not at school. No. That's, you know what? There shouldn't be dead bodies at school. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm just going to say, if there are, we should maybe remove them. Put them somewhere else. Amy, I how could crazy. you say something so controversial <laughs> yet so brave? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it takes a lot of courage for me <laughs> to say these things. But <laughs> I got you. You uh, know what? Call me controversial. I'm against crime. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think people shouldn't murder people. Um, yeah, I would have gotten, I would have uh, voluntarily, like, gotten myself expelled from the school. Probably. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would have been, like, a super bad kid and been like, nope, you got to send me to a normal non-catacomb public school, please. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Or even a private one that just doesn't have a catacomb. I, I just, I didn't know that schools had catacombs. Because they shouldn't. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why. That's actually why. Uh, all right. I'm never going to get over the catacombs in the school. I'm so no, happy this did never. not ever happen in Florida. But I'm going to give us our next listener story here. Fuck yeah. So when I moved to my apartment almost 10 years ago, I think it may have been my second or third night in my apartment and I had just moved in and was sleeping on an air mattress waiting for everything to arrive from California. I woke up in the middle of the night from a horrible dream where someone was choking me. Oh my God. Mm-mm. It felt all Mm-mm. too real and luckily enough, I snapped out of it and woke up. As soon as I opened my eyes, I saw the silhouette slash shadowy image of a young girl. No. (gasps) Standing right over me. No. For some reason, the fact that it's a young girl, get the fuck out of here. You little creepy choking child. No. This is the opposite of waking up from having an orgasm in your sleep. Yes. This is Uh -uh. terrifying. Uh Uh-uh. I immediately confronted it and claimed the space as my home now and that she, it, whatever spirit that it was, isn't welcome in my home anymore. Damn. Look at you, badass bitch. Badass bitch. I fucking love this. The next day, I saged and blessed my apartment with holy water and prayers from St. Patrick's, and it never Mm. happened again. No heebie-jeebies in my apartment ever. (gasps) Signed, Franny. Franny! Franny! Fuck, girl. Girl. So badass, for the record. Just be like, no. Uh, hi, I know you just choked me, but, like, this is my house. Could you leave? Thanks. No. And apparently... The dude does not abide. The dude does not abide. And apparently, according to your uh, ghost sex manual last week... Yeah. You can apparently just be like, no, this is, like, my space. Fuck they have off. to abide by yeah. our rules. Now we know. Yeah. Yeah. Franny, I'm going to channel you... If I ever get into a haunting situation and it'd be like, be gone, God. ghost, be gone. See, it's tough when you're, when you're freeze in the fight or flight freeze situation, which uh, is very much what I am. Yes. Also, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's like, so I don't know if, oh, also, by the way, um, line of the episode that kept coming up uh, in the DMs was get out of here with your limp ghost dick. Uh <laughs> It was amazing. That was a good one. I mean, you nailed it. I Um, thought that was you. That was me. I'm like 99% sure it was you. Oh, shit. All right. (laughs) I'll take the credit. But I I was thinking it was you, Dan. Our humor is very similar. So like I... That is true. Everything you say cracks me up and just... uh. Literally same. Uh, Because I was going to just say right now that I was like, I don't know if I have it in me to like wake up, see a ghost and be like, get out of here with your live ghost dick. 
I will, I mean, that's some balls, first of all. (laughs) I will say during the Christmas when I was in Florida, Johnny's dad scared me, which I don't usually get scared Mm -mm. by people pretty easily. And Was it intentional or accidental? Totally intentional. He heard us walking from the guest house to the main house and was coming up through the dark in like their very jungly backyard and knew we didn't Mm -hmm. see him. So he like jumped out of the bushes and like screamed, which is terrifying. Yes. Mm -mm. Um, But I realized apparently my defense mechanism in the situation is I'm just going to get really stiff and I'm going to yell, fuck you. There you go. (laughs) Because that's what I did. So hopefully Ghost uh, respond to that. And they're just like, hey, shit, she wants me to fuck I'm off. Sorry. I'm going to fuck off. You hurt my feelings. Yeah. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to fuck off then. But yeah, I apparently just get like really stiff. I don't like really jump. And I just, I will yell, fuck you. Tried and true. I like it. There you go, right? It gets the point across. Fuck you. Exactly. Succinct and no. to the point. <laughs> no. I like it. <laughs> In the 90s, when Andrew Cunanan was on his rampage, I was living in D.C. We didn't have the internet then, but when you would go to a gay bar, we had posters everywhere and all the gay bars saying, there's some guy killing us, watch out, don't go home with people you don't know, don't hook up with anyone you don't know. We obviously didn't have Grindr then, we just hooked up at the bar, so I remember vividly all the posters which that's that's crazy yeah that's really interesting that never would have like occurred to me really no and also back in the day nobody trusted the police because the police were always harassing gay people problems that still continue girl kunanan made his way through dc and killed people in dc while i was living there luckily i didn't get picked up by him and my husband who was living in new york city at the time also remembers being at the bars and people saying, hey, they think he's in New York. (gasps) Fortunately, nothing happened to me or my husband, but every gay man in his 50s remembers going to the gay bars and essentially seeing wanted posters for Andrew Cunanan. P. That gave me chills. That's really creepy. Yeah, like, can you, and like, you know, people always ask, like, what's, what's the story that got you into true crime? And I don't think it was, it wasn't the Andrew Cunanan, Gianni Versace situation, but it was the first crime that I remember being old enough to follow. And especially since it was happening in my hometown, like the, the, um, the like boathouse where he was found, where he guess died by suicide. Uh, And there was like the whole shootout. That's like six minutes from my parents' house. Like we passed that boathouse. All of the fucking time. So when that shit was on TV, I'm like, I know exactly where the fuck that is. That's crazy shit. Shit. Yeah. So it was, I because I was in middle school when when all that was happening. And also, I didn't even realize he was a serial killer until like a few years ago, which is fucking nuts. Yeah. I just knew the Gianni Versace thing. Because, you know, on Sundays, you know, my parents and I, after church, we would go to brunch on like Ocean Drive and we would walk by Versace's house. And it was like, oh, Versace lives here. How fancy is that shit? So that was one of those cases that I remember very viscerally remembering that it happened and the hunt for him and he was seen here, he was seen there. And it was all these places that I knew exactly where they were because they were, for all intents and purposes, almost in my neighborhood. But I can't, like, imagine going to, like, 
a fucking bar and there's essentially like wanted Wanted posters posters being like, watch out because this person is killing your demographic. Yeah. I'd be okay with that, honestly, if we just like had wanted posters in bars. Yeah. You know. It kind of reminded me of like in the Wild West, like when you see the movies in the saloons, there's like the wanted posters. Yeah. This is literally what the fuck was happening in the 90s. It's wild. It's really fucking crazy. I mean, Mm. good though, because obviously like I feel like that I'm sure saved a bunch of people. I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Gotta be careful. Gotta watch out. Girl. Always. Especially if you're hooking up with randos and bars. That's a tricky situation. Yeah. I mean- it's never great. And if you're lucky, it's just an awkward next day. Yeah. That's, that's the best you could hope for. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really awkward, like, sneaking out of your, like, yeah. Ugh. Walk of shame situation. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next listener story. Amy, Mo, I have a story for you, angels. It's a true crime from the city I live in currently. Yay. Also, yeah, fuck yeah. Also, trigger warning, there's rape slash assault in this story. Thank Mm. you for the heads up. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, (laughs) they gave me a note on how to pronounce this uh, city name. So I'm super excited. It's apparently pronounced Ypsilanti. Oh, there you go. Spelled with a Y. So you knew I was already like, my brain was already panicking from that. Oh, for sure. Okay, so this is the story of the Ypsilanti Ripper, John Mm. Norman Collins, also known as the co-ed killer or (gasps) the Michigan murderer. Shit. He murdered one to seven women. Oh, shit. Question mark after the seven, so I guess we're uncertain on the number. In Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Washtenaw County from 1967 to 1969. All victims were found within a 15-mile radius of each other. Mm. Oh, that's always so creepy to me. Mm. The first victim was a student at Eastern Michigan University, and she was 19. Her name was Mary Therese Flazar. She was last seen walking to her apartment from downtown. And for reference, you can walk from downtown to a lot of the surrounding apartments within 15 minutes max. So this shitfuck John Norman Collins was following her in his Ah! car and trying to talk to her as she walked. According to a neighbor, she shook her head multiple times and tried walking away several times from his car. That was the last time she was seen alive. Just under a month later, her nude body was found by two teenage boys at an abandoned farm. The only way she was identified was through her dental records. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. I hate hate that. that. Yeah. According to pathologists, she was stabbed 30 times in the chest and she had several abrasions on her body indicating she was beaten badly before actually dying. Ugh. Ugh. Interestingly, after a detailed examination of the crime scene, they figured out her body had been moved three times in the month she had been decomposing. That is wild. That's risky as fuck. Risky as fuck and also just, like, you've seen Goodfellas, right? It's been years, but yeah. Yeah. There's a thing where they're like, hey, shit's getting hot on this, like, murder we did, so you have to move the body. But it's, like, a month or two later. And granted, like... so bad. Yeah, and it isn't, like... It's not, like, the bodies in the cemetery that have been, you know, have formaldehyde and have been preserved. This is just, like, the natural situation, like... (gasps) Oh! Oh, no. I I cannot imagine. imagine. Yeah, that's gonna be so gross. Yes. So to do that three times... Yeah. No. No. Uh-uh. 
They had deduced the killer hid the body behind a tree and then moved the body to a more open area and then moved it to an even more open area just before the body was found. Disgusting and heinous. He wanted to be sought out and discovered. This multiple moving of the bodies happened in almost all of the murders connected to Collins. Oh, shit. They all had – that's fucking a weird, like, calling card. Why are you moving these bodies so much? Unless it's just to, like, fuck with people. Yeah, or if – I mean, I would imagine. He did want to get caught. That's a fucking good way to do it. Yeah. It seems like the opposite. It seems like maybe he, like, knows that they're looking in a certain area, so they're like, okay, I I got to keep moving it. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I'm not a murderer. I don't know. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no. They all had anywhere from 25 to 30 stab wounds of a similar pattern, and all the victims' bodies were moved at least two to three times post-mortem. This guy was absolutely fucked. All his victims were women around the Ypsilanti area, and a lot of them were traveling late at night, even one on her way to meet her boyfriend. It's, I know, it's all really sad. His last victim was Mary Sue Benjamin. She was 18 and was also an Eastern Michigan University student. She was out wig shopping, and he offered her a ride home on his motorcycle. She Mm -mm. never made it home. Ugh. I know. Her roommate reported her missing, and three days later, she was found in the Huron River face down, a river that runs alongside the university campus. Police had caught on that he liked to move his victim's body, so they took her body out of the river and replaced it with a mannequin. Get the fuck out. Staked out by the river in case he came back. Oh my god. That is so and fucking smart. So smart. And sure enough, John Norman Collins came back around two in the morning. Realizing it was a mannequin, Collins ran from the river. The stakeout cop tried contacting the department to let them know someone was there, but the heavy rain clouded the radio and rendered his radio inoperable. Get the fuck fuck out. off. During questioning, folks remarked that Collins was a notorious thief, rapist, and sexual deviant, and not in a consensual way. Mm. His DNA was found on his last victim, and he was arraigned August 1st, 1969, for Mary Sue's murder. He was never formally charged with the first murder of Mary Therese or the three between her and Mary Sue. He was also potentially connected with a murder in California, but again was only charged for the one murder. He's mm. currently serving life in Marquette Bratch Prison in the Upper Peninsula. I'm sorry I left so many holes. I didn't want it to be super long or take away a potential story. And there is so much more to the story, too. Here's the wiki link if you want to look more into it. But also, sorry that was so long and definitely late on the deadline. If nothing else, <laughs> I hope you enjoy this sort of hometown true crime moment. Hope y'all are having a wonderful new year. And I hope y'all got the happy snail mail I sent you. Much love from the Mitten State. Mo! 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 You're amazing. Um, That's you're fucking amazing. wild. I'd never heard of this story. No! The mannequin. The mannequin. Dude, I fucking love that kind of shit. That's I so, love that I know. kind of shit. I know. I was just thinking, I was like, that's some fucking... I'm surprised I haven't put that in a show. That's fucking great. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we did get snail mail from oh, her. Shit! Look at this. Oh my god, Look at this handwriting. beautiful. Yeah. We do not have the same handwriting, Mo. We may have the same name, <laughs> not the same handwriting. Um, as I've mentioned many a time. Uh, so let's see what, what the, oh, look how pretty this is. Oh my God, that's gorgeous. It's so nice. We got rainbow stickers. Oh my God, I love them. Amy and Mo. Hello, gorgeous humans. I was originally going to send y'all a Christmas card, but... 
I've never been punctual a day of my life. Girl, Girl. same. Same. <laughs> Do I still not have Monique's Christmas gifts? Yes. Is it <laughs> January 19th? Yes. Facts. <laughs> so here's just some happy mail for no particular reason. I hope you incredible ladies are having a super rad 2022, and I can't wait to hear y'all in your next episode. You two are truly the coolest humans I've ever met. Good vibes always. Mo. Mo! That was just the sweetest, loveliest thing. That's um, so sweet. We love mail. We love mail. We love you. It, uh, it was so cool to meet you when you came here, and fuck we gotta yes. do it again sometime. Um, thanks so much for the mail, and just thanks for being rad as fuck. We're so always. obsessed with you. Oh my obsessed! Ah. And again, if you guys don't follow her on the gram, she's a fucking stunning model, and she also oh my makes God. amazing jewelry. Game of Moe's is her uh, jewelry shop on Etsy, I believe, and her Instagram is em underscore mo underscore no underscore e. So it's mo no e, which is rad as fuck because that's also how I, when I go by Mo, that's also how I spell it. Mo no e. Um, Mo, you're amazing. Thanks so much. Fuck yes. Okay, on to the next. I was living in Easton, Pennsylvania. My first job out of college was with USA Today, and they sent me to a little paper in central New Jersey to learn business, and I couldn't afford to live in Jersey, so I lived in Pennsylvania, Easton, which is right on the Pennsylvania-New Jersey border. Old, old town, very historic, and I lived in a big old Victorian mansion on the hill that a guy had built for his wife when he came from New York. And she never got out of the buggy to check it out. She hated it so much. Damn. Damn. fucking savage. That's cold shit. Damn. Like, I'm not even getting out. No. Like, I don't um, want to see. Thanks. No. I know you <laughs> built it for me. And it's a mansion. But no. Can we turn this motherfucker around and just stay at the fucking Waldorf? <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. So he sold it. They never lived in it. It was a big single family home. And at one point, it was a home for the insane. People that had issues mentally, or maybe they were autistic, but this was way back when, so people didn't even know about that stuff. And there were two buildings off the back of Victorian that were add-ons, and I lived in one of those, and they were like old staff housing. And I noticed that all the closets have locks on the outside of the door, oh, no. so they could lock somebody in. Not like deadbolts, these were just like latch locks, like you have on your front door to keep people out. Well, all the closets had locks, and it was weird. Like, this is where they used to keep people that were mentally ill. They locked them in the closets. Oh, no. I, mm -mm. And this is where you're living? No, no thank, you. thank you. That juju has to be real bad. I don't like so, that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. This is, uh, like, if I walk into a place, and they're like, hey, so this used to also house people who were considered insane, and we used to lock them in closets. As you can see... By all the locks on the locks outside of the door. We didn't remove. It is a priest party up in this motherfucker. I bring yes. every priest in Easton and being like, hey, boo, we're going to do like some absent certs. You're going to bless this motherfucker because I'm not having whatever the fuck is probably trapped in here, which is probably a lot. For real. That's me. That's a Monique Sanchez take. Agreed. Absolutely not. Girl, I lived in a place that used not. to be like a nursing home, old people home. And <gasps> oh, no. That used to creep me out. I was always like... Because the amount of dead people, the people who died in there... Girl, it was a building on my college campus. Yeah, it was the mm -mm. yeah college apartments. Mm -mm. It used to be an old person's home. I know. I know. So anyway, 
I lived in this old house. And after a couple years, I had a roommate, Mike Scott, still a dear friend of mine. We both worked at the newspaper. Michael and it was Scott? A Friday, Love it. In fucking Pennsylvania. <laughs> in you Pennsylvania. I, I was like, uh, what? Hi. That's what she said. Oh, my God. And it was a Friday or Saturday night. And my girlfriend at the time was there. We'd been out and we came home and we were upstairs in bed. And my bedroom wall was adjacent to the stairwell. It came up to the first floor. So my bedroom wall was the stairwell wall. So we're in bed. I hear keys in the door and I hear the door and my girlfriend heard it as well. So it was like, oh, Mike's home. So we hear that and nothing else. So I get up and I look out the window and Mike's car is not in the driveway. Uh So I get back in bed and all of a sudden we hear somebody walk across the kitchen floor and start walking up these old wooden stairs and they're creaking (gasps) and they're leaning against the wall because they're coming up the stairwell. You can hear whatever is, you know, being dragged across the wall. So I yell out, Scotty, nothing. And at the top of the stairs landing where my door was, there was a den, which we used as our drawing room and then Mike's room. And there was a light outside. So you could see the light reflection on the hardwood floor. So I'm looking and all of a sudden there's a shadow that blocks the light underneath my door. My girlfriend and I could both see it. So I'm like, Scotty, and there's nothing, no sound. Oh my God. So my landlords, Uh -uh. this is all Uh -uh. a fucking no, absolutely fucking not. So my landlords, they were living in the main house and they decided to renovate it and turn it back into a big old single family mansion. So I called over there and I talked to the husband, Gerald, and I explained what happened and he thought I was nuts, but he came running over. I had a baseball bat and he came running over. He let himself in and nobody was there. It was the weirdest, freakiest thing. We left shortly after that. It was just really freaky. My girlfriend at the time, she just lost it. She never stayed there again. <gasps> yeah. yeah, fucking me Correct. either. Absolutely like, I'm going to stay at my place, thanks. You can come visit me. Cool. Yeah, you can visit me. I have blackout yeah. curtains. So it's, and <laughs> and no there haunted, are no locks on the outside here. of my closet door. Thanks. Right. Exactly. But it was a historical town. It was directly across the street from a cemetery that rivals like a Greenwood cemetery. Damn. Which still have to fucking go. Yeah. That's big though, right? It you said it's back. big. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. It dates back to pre-revolutionary war because Easton was a town where one of the original drafts of the Constitution was read. You know, a lot of history. And another quick story. One night, we had a party at our apartment And it was all of our newspaper buddies, only journalism friends, and a couple of them decided it would be fun to go across the street and go down to the cemetery, because there was a gate there, and you could get into it. Famous last words. (laughs) Famous fucking last words, girl. Come on, let's go to the cemetery at night. It'll be fun. It's not a cemetery. It's just a cemetery. Stop it. Girl. Mm Mm-mm. It was massive. It ran along the whole backside of eastern Pennsylvania on this big hill by the highway. So I said... Where are those guys? And someone said, they're in the cemetery. And I said, oh, shit. So (laughs) I went over there. I mean, that's the correct (laughs) response. So I went over there to get them and I found them. And I'm like, guys, we shouldn't be in here. Just then it was getting dark. We heard a noise and we looked and there was a guy walking. He looked like death. You couldn't see his face, but he was wearing like, a monk's shroud or cloak with a hood and everything. And it was dark. 
It was like a charcoal or black. And he just walked silently out of the trees and walked right by us <gasps> and just kept going into the darkness. Oh, my God. Just I was going to say the chill level on this. Oh, my God. Girl. I did a little research and found out that there had been satanic rituals happening in the cemetery. So now, whether or not the ghosts in my apartment and the devil worshippers across the street knew anything about one another, I don't know. They were both creepy occurrences. Chris LaPonta. Chris! Chris! Fuck! Wild. Chris, That's so creepy. I, it's so creepy and fucked up. Chris is actually a friend of mine, and he's a brilliant actor. Uh, he's been in a bunch of shit, but so fucking wild and creepy. So creepy. I love it. Can you it. imagine being in a fucking cemetery and then no. someone in a hooded cloak walks by? Whether they're <laughs> real or not, I'd be like... <laughs> It's a fucking wrap. That's a no for me. I would just be like, cool, 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 cool. Uh, Uber, right to my location immediately now. Right now. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. Bye. Have a good uh, night. I'm going back to my apartment. Thank you. That is so terrifying, but also yeah. I loved it. I love all of this. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Do I want it to happen? No, but yes. Exactly. I like this from afar. <laughs> Happening to someone else, not to me. Yes. I love <laughs> this for you. Yes. Exactly. This is amazing. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, good on you for even, like, being willing to live there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, the thing that used to be the insane asylum across from the cemetery? Fuck yeah. Where do I We're like devil worshippers yeah. congregate? <laughs> sign me the fuck up. Like, where do I sign my lease? Amazing. Great. All right. So this is my last listener story for the episode mm. here. And it starts off with a fucking bang. <gasps> I grew up in a haunted house. Dude, right to the point. Bam. Let's fucking go. Let's do this. Off to the races. My dad's office was on the first floor, and I hated being on the first floor of my house. There was a very unsettling energy there. Every day when I would come home, I would rush straight upstairs and would never, ever be alone on the first floor. Red fucking flag. Yeah. When I was a kid, I also had an imaginary friend. He was a 45-year-old businessman named Bob. My family thought it was really specific. That is That would creep me out so badly. I'd be like, first of all, yeah. who is this guy? Why does he want to hang out with you? You're a child. Second I of mean, all, yes. <laughs> I have some yes. questions for Bob. Have him call me, this businessman. Girl. My family thought it was pretty weird that their child had a middle-aged businessman for an imaginary friend. Yes, correct. Yeah, But correct. kids are weird, so they didn't pay it any mind. Also, also correct. Yeah. yeah, correct. I'd be like, he watched <laughs> some show. I don't know. Kids are, like, nuts. Uh, there used to be this, uh, like, Charmin commercial. Yeah. That had, like, babies and, like, angel wings, and then they would, like, fly up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom said that every time I watched it, I would sob because like I was like... being murdered when the when the babies would fly up. I would sob, like, hysterically. Maybe because you thought they were, like, dying and going to heaven? Is that I what the... Know, but I was also, like... Real young. Why would you be thinking real that? Real young. Yeah. I don't think I had a concept of mortality yet. I don't know. Kids are fucking weird. Kids are fucking weird. Moral of the story. There you go. <laughs> Bottom line. Period. <laughs> exactly. We used to chat and play together, but then I started hearing him talk all the time. I was so mad. I was like, I hate this thing. Just let me sleep. Mm. Also, every night, I heard noises coming from my dad's office. Talking, things being moved around, etc. Mm. Then... Other people in the house started seeing Bob, too. Nope. 
My nanny thought my dad was sitting on the couch and she was talking to him when all of a sudden my dad walks in from the kitchen. (gasps) She literally screamed, ran out, and never came back. In the 20 years I lived there, we lost three housekeepers to similar circumstances. Damn. That's wild. That is wild. My dad used to have a motion detector and the thing would, no, go off when Uh -uh. no one was around. Absolutely, absolutely not. Mm -mm. That would scare the ever-loving shit out of me as a child. And I had the technician assure us that there was no way this thing could randomly go off unless there was a weighted energy that walks by. Mm -mm. When we were getting ready to sell the house, my grandma dropped this bombshell. She knew Bob. What the fuck? The previous owners of the house were Bob and Betty. The house had been previously owned by Bob's father, and my grandma wanted to buy the house from him because she wanted to raise my dad in that house. But Bob's father said he would sell her the house, quote, over his dead body, end quote. Bob's father eventually died of cancer, and Bob died of pancreatitis. Both died in the house, and both died in the same room. The room that was eventually converted into my father's office. Oh my god. Signed, S. All of the chills. S! All of the fucking chills. How you lived there for 20 years and like... No. I just, my hands, I my face, I'm like, I can't even handle this for one fucking no. second. Not one second. Oh my god. The fact that like you lost three housekeepers that way is like a huge... Red flag. Huge red flag, but just like a huge like piece of evidence like yeah three and validation people, yeah three people literally never came back to your house because of shit that happened in it Mm-mm. yeah no fucking thank you that's Mm-mm. crazy and the fucking motion detector dude no uh uh-uh. I, no, no, I would no. be like honestly take the fucking thing out i can't have that thing uh, yeah exactly and like me knowing that some shit is there i can't like i'd I, rather you know, just not no yeah <laughs> thank you yeah thank you i agree that that would be my my point of uh <sighs> My point of attack as well is just ignorance. I'm like, I don't want to know this is happening. No, thank you. Blinders on, please. Thank you. Mm -mm. And then I would literally like not go to the first floor. Just like straight upstairs. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Yes. All right, Monique, you got our final listener story for us? I do. Girl. And here's the thing. It's also a story from Chris LaPonta. (gasps) Chris! Because he gave us two. And this story is fucking wild i mean so, the first one was already wild so i can't the even fuck fucking up. imagine Girl, this is fucking wild i got it click click <laughs> i don't know why i have two seatbelts in this situation <laughs> because you are taking this seriously i'm very serious i feel like this is gonna be intense it is get fucking ready i had a great uncle virgil lapanta he was my grandfather's brother my grandfather was from a large italian family greengrocers and merchants, and Uncle Virgil, before the Second World War, had a restaurant supply business. He had been a prize fighter, you know, interesting guy, good guy, came back from the war a damaged man. PTSD wasn't something that was diagnosed then. They called it shell shock. Whatever. He was never the same and unable to go back into his business and all of that, so he went to work on the docks as a longshoreman and was hurt in a terrible accident where he somehow fell into a vat of hot chewing gum base and it burned him from... Girl, I like... First of all, that sounds like something out of like a Looney Tunes cartoon. I just have to say, 
it, in the like Tim Burton Joker, this is like the Tim Burton Batman, the first one. Yes. Basically, like how the Joker becomes a thing. He like falls into a vat of like toxins and becomes yeah. the Joker. There's a Rick and Morty episode that's like the vat of acid episode, and it's like hysterical. And it's basically like making fun of the the stupid that stupid like trope of like people falling into a vat of acid. Well, apparently, this fucking happened to his great uncle. It burned him from basically the chest down, <gasps> leaving him scarred and unable, if you know what I mean. Oh, no. Okay. So his life took a downturn, but he was never a boozer or anything like that. But he lived in the west end of Duluth, just two blocks from my grandfather's grocery store, in a hotel called the Seaway Hotel. My grandfather jokingly used to call it the Heartbreak Hotel, because there was a lot of these old bachelors who had rough lives, and it was kind of a seedy joint, but it was close to the store, so Grandpa could keep an eye on his brother. Virgil would walk down, his feet were badly damaged in the burn, so he couldn't walk far, and he wore slippers all of the time. Anyway, he used to go down to the local burlesque called the Club Saratoga and watch the girls dance. It was way down by the docks, and he knew all of them, and he used to go down there, and he would buy them lingerie and get an account. I'm obsessed I with I love him. this guy. I want to I'm chill obsessed. with him. Yes. Dude. My grandfather paid for him, but he'd go down there and hang out, and there was a truck stop out in the west end of Duluth called Jerry Lee's. Jerry Lee was a bad dude. His name was Jerry Terrellson, and he was involved in all kinds of things drugs, prostitution, gambling, and just not a good guy. There are rumors that he had killed people. Anyway, somehow, great uncle Virgil sort of fell into that. He would go to Jerry Lee's truck stop, I guess to eat. It was a very popular greasy spoon type spot. The West End characters were kind of rough, and Virgil was always sort of talking about this large insurance settlement he was supposed to get because of his accident. And apparently, he did start to drink a little bit, but he wasn't a Skid Row type guy. Somehow, he got involved with Jerry Terrelson and his wife Sally, who was, by all accounts, a raging alcoholic and kind of a loose woman, if you will. She and Jerry were into some questionable things, and long story short, Jerry wanted his wife out of the picture. So he staged an event to try and make it look like Sally ran off with my great uncle. Now, Virgil was basically kidnapped from the Seaway Hotel. He left his dentures, his glasses, and his shoes in his room. He was in slippers and I think a robe when he was last seen leaving, getting in a car, and he disappeared off the face of the earth, and it tormented my grandfather. He couldn't rest, and the Duluth police were no help. They couldn't find anything, and my grandfather started snooping around for himself. And he was actually a very prominent businessman in my hometown, and he was very well known, very active in the Chamber of Commerce, Faithful navigator, fourth degree of the Knights of Columbus. You know, big, big Italian Catholic family. Very, very generous with the church and all of that. So he had a lot of connections and he started to hear things and had an idea of what had happened. So he started spreading Jerry Lee's name around town. And I was actually living there. It was my senior year of high school because my father had decided to come out of retirement and my parents moved back to the Washington, D.C. area and they left me behind to finish high school. So we started getting these anonymous phone calls, hangups, threatening phone calls, stuff like that. It got ugly. Girl. But Duluth police couldn't crack the case. There were dead ends everywhere. So my grandfather, being at his wit's end, decided to enlist the help 
of a psychic in Florida who had worked with the FBI. And I believe he sent her one of Virgil's shirts and she did a reading or whatever they do. And what she came back with was that, quote, Virgil is where three ships are anchored and there's pine trees, end quote. (gasps) Full body chills, Monique. I love this. Girl. Well, Duluth is a port city. At one time, it was the second most active port in the United States, even though it's so far inland because of the Great Lakes shipping and everything. So what happens is these big freighters, iron ore boats and the like, they come in and if they don't leave at a certain time, they'll get frozen into St. Louis Harbor in Duluth so they can't leave until spring or until the icebreakers come through and break up the lake if the lake's frozen solid. So they just sit and anchor and these ships are huge. So a few years pass by and my grandfather becomes ill with cancer and on his deathbed he says that if he can... He will reveal Virgil's whereabouts. (gasps) So my grandfather passes away. And shortly after his death, five years to the exact day that Virgil disappeared, one of those giant ships that has been sitting there all winter pulled up its anchor. Now these anchors weigh tons. And if they were to fall on top of something, normally they would drive it down into the silt and into the mud and into the bottom of the bay. But for whatever reason... This anchor had a car hooked to it, (gasps) and it pulled it up. No fucking way, dude. Girl. Girl. By by the way, full body chills for that. Oh, yeah. Wait. My jaw's on the floor. uh Uh-huh. Now, the average temperature of Lake Superior is about 38 degrees, (gasps) so the bacteria that happens when bodies are decaying doesn't happen because it's so cold. Yes! (gasps) So the bodies don't really decompose, and they don't float. They stay at the bottom. That's why they call Lake Superior, among other things, the lake that doesn't give up its dead. Oh my god. Because it's so cold. So the boat anchor pulls up the car, and in the car are the bodies of my great-uncle Virgil and Jerry Lee's wife, Sally Terrelson. And it was where three ships were anchored, and there were pine trees on the shoreline there. <gasps> I mean, she's the fucking FBI psychic. Like, I don't think Girl. they're going to use some trash psychic. Come on. I, like, want to know who the fuck the psychic right? is. Right? Because... I was like, give Girl. a number. Yeah. 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 The police do an investigation of sorts, and there's all kinds of things that don't make any sense. Apparently, Sally never went anywhere without her jewelry, and all of her jewelry was missing. The rings, everything else. And... Fish don't eat that stuff, you know? And there was a large rock in the car on the floor. And the way it came up, Virgil and Sally, they were in the far back corner, like they were trying to claw their way out of the car. (gasps) Oh, chills. Uh Oh, no. So what they believe is that they were either drugged or knocked out. And then when the car was run off, wherever it was run off, into the bay, the cold water woke them and they ended up drowning. (gasps) But this writer in Duluth, Jerome Paquette, has been looking into it for years, and he's hit a dead end with it. All of the records of the case were destroyed in a flood in the basement of the police department in Duluth, and nobody will talk to him about it. Nobody. And there was a belief that there was some corruption and some other things possible at play. I don't want to say that's the case, but that's what it looks like. Jerry Lee died in prison of some sort of very painful cancer, but he would never say anything. 
he would taunt people when they would ask him, like police or whoever was investigating, and he would taunt them, you know, act like he was going to tell, and then he wouldn't. He was just a bad, bad dude. And there was another guy in town named Bobby Daniels, who'd been a star athlete in the 60s. He was a boxer, a football player. I actually played football against his son in high school. Bobby Daniels was a frequent customer at my grandfather's grocery store. He got involved in gambling, and you know, he was a former boxer who never did anything else, and apparently he owed Jerry Lee some money, and his car mysteriously went off an embankment off the West End. The brake lines had been cut. So, that's my true crime story. Chris Lapanta. Chris! Like, my jaw's on the fucking floor. That was fucking crazy. I didn't think you could top the fucking creepy it's figure wild. through the fucking cemetery, but that's fucking insane. insane. And fucking insane. If you can look, I, like, actually... You can look up pictures of the car, like, being pulled out, like, of the anchor. And you, like, it was crazy. It's crazy. That's so wild. I'm assuming the rock found in the car was to push the gas down? Is that what the thought was? I guess. To, like, okay. Yeah. I guess that probably what it was. I cannot even – can you imagine waking up in a car that is filling with water? Freezing water. Freezing cold water and being like, what the fuck? The f- Where the fuck am I? What is happening right now? And then that's that's just how you die. You just can't get out of this fucking car. I couldn't imagine. Like, could not. Oh, my God. That's fucking so crazy. Chris, thank you so much for two fucking kick-ass stories. Yeah. Like, what is, like, what is your life, though? Like, seriously. <laughs> like, I mean, he's a brilliant actor. Um, amazing, but, And that apparently has yeah. all of this shit. Because he wild, told me, I was dude. like, hey, do you have, like, any stories? And he's like, oh, I have, like, a paranormal story and a true crime story. I was like, oh, cool. Like, so he cool. tells so me. Like, both my boxes, thanks. <laughs> so he tells me the true crime story first. And I assume it's a twofer because of the psychic. And he's like, yeah, oh, I mean, I have a, a paranormal story, too. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? I was just going to say, yeah, I feel like both of them, yeah, kind of touched on both things, actually, weirdly. And that his grandfather was like, if I can, if I can make his whereabouts known after I die, I totally will. I will. will. And right after he dies. I fucking love this. I love this story so much. Dude, that's so fucking wild. Yeah. I want this FBI psychics number. Monique. Girl. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) She's like, legit, clearly. Yeah, she knows her fucking Clearly. I, like, floored. The story's out of control. Oh, my God. Okay, does Chris live in New York? Can we meet? Can we hang out? What's happening? He lives in, in Michigan, I think, but he comes to New York all the time. So next time he's in town, we'll hang out. Call me. I want to meet this. I want to meet this gentleman. He seems very interesting. Like, very interesting. He's interesting person. and a joy and a delight. Um, Wonderful. Chris, thank you so much. Chris, thank you. Double thanks for the two stories. Yeah fucking amazing what a way to fucking end it what a way to i we couldn't have ended on any other story i don't think that was the that no, was the fucking craziest no, one no. that's why i was like i'm going last like, yes this, yeah, yeah 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 correct thank you to everyone else who submitted stories yes thank fucking. you so much they're always it's always our favorite episode every, i know every month and a half they're so every six or seven episodes depending or on seven you know how, whatever how we feel how good we are at counting this we keep you on your toes babies there you go yeah Thanks so much for all of the submissions. They're fucking phenomenal, as usual. Uh, We're so grateful for you guys. Thanks so much for listening. 
Uh, if you don't follow us on the gram already, you should. We're at another fucking horror podcast. You can find me at Pin Up Girl Mo. You can find me at Lobotomy, and that's Lobot period Amy. Every sixth or seventh episode. <laughs> <laughs> roll the dice saucy. yeah hey roll the dice baby um, <laughs> nothing we, in life is guaranteed monique that's fucking right except death go. and taxes there you go we do a, a true listener tales episode you know every whatever the fuck we feel like it i guess at this point <laughs> uh and if you guys have any stories like these fucking crazy stories or some other crazy shit email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking guys we're so fucking obsessed with you keep it cute keep it creepy bye, bye.